edging closer to that first neutral final, welcome to Hand of Pod. should have said, really, in you respect really um, of one of them, which which we already know we're going to have an Argentine... Well, actually, no, we, we know there's going to be an Argentine representative in both of these neutral finals. Um, I'm spoiling the result that I'm going to read out in a second for you, ever so slightly. Um, but we already know the lineup for the Copa Sudamericana final, and we're a little bit closer to knowing the lineup for the Copa Libertadores final as well. We're going to talk about those first of all. If you're in the United States and you want to watch those two finals, or if you're anywhere else in the world and you want to watch the Argentine Superliga, the Copa Argentina, the Copa Superliga, uh, etc., then you should be subscribing to Fanatis. You can do that by going to fntz.co slash hop, and if you go to that link and sign up with the discount code HOPFZ, then as a Hand of Pod listener, you will get a seven-day free trial, followed by 20% off your first three months. It's a very good service indeed. It was one that I had an opportunity to test out just over a year ago when I was in England. Um, and, uh, no, hang on. Just over a year ago? When did I go to England last year? It was about a year ago now, wasn't it? Around um, a year ago, yeah. I think. Second half of last year sometime, yeah. anyway, um, when I was in England. Because I watched the first leg of the... Libertadores final last year on the telly in England because obviously Fanatis didn't have the rights in, in Europe for it but uh, yeah um, and, and it's, it's a very good service indeed uh, so that link again is fntz.co slash hop and the discount code is hopfz get involved you can also get involved on our Patreon page by the way thank you as ever to our Patreon supporters we don't normally um, mention it at the start of the podcast, but I'm going to this week because I feel like it. Patreon.com slash Hand of Pod. You get a bunch of extra Hand of Pod material each week, but don't let that put you off. Please go along uh, and support us anyway with your money. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And now on to those two Copper finals. We'll get Are you the... going to introduce us at any point or are just going to let the listeners guess who's in the studio prompting. with you? Last week I forgot to mention the sponsors. This week I forgot to mention the people that we're about to be talking to. As Fair usual, right. I'm joined by English Dan. Hello and welcome. And Andres. Hello and welcome. Who was much less uh, angered by my completely ah. forgetting to mention them because he didn't say anything. Terrible. I think it was just Terrible. Um Anyway, the, the coppers, uh, we are obviously going to talk about one of these games in much more detail than we talked than we're going to talk about the other one. Um, but we're going to mention them in the order that they happened, uh, the results at least, first of all. So Colon on Thursday night. Thursday night, right? Last a whole week ago almost from when we're recording, because it kicked off in like we're two hours short of a week since kickoff. Uh, lost two one away to Atletico Mineiro in Belo Horizonte. Um, what that 2-1 loss meant was that that tie went to penalties mm. or kicks from the penalty spot because, you know, penalties are punishment for something, isn't it? And so a shootout isn't really, you're not being punished for anything. Um, so kicks from the penalty mark to give them their proper FIFA-approved name. 
Um, and Colón won that shootout. Goalkeeper Leonardo Burian and striker Luis Rodriguez, who had lost, respectively, their... Was it their dad and their brother, or was it Burian's brother and, and Rodriguez's dad? They both died, like, the, about within a few days pre- prior to that match. Oh, they know. I haven't That's, that's why this. they were so emotional yeah. after, the, after the shootout when they were yeah. hugging each other. Um, and uh, they were the heroes. We should uh, say as well that um, Rodriguez scored a last-minute penalty, which was a penalty, Yes. Uh, to uh, send the tie to... Penalties, yes, or to, kick to some the penalties. Time, so, uh, to, to, and then to in the shootout, he, he shot it a Maradona style, like a similar <laughs> kind of, of shooting. Rolling no. it into the bottom yes. corner. The opposite corner from where he'd taken it during the, the game as well, and then celebrating before it was over the line. Um, it was very, very coolly done indeed. Uh, the other result, which you're probably already aware of, but the two Libertadores semi-final first legs... Um, have been played in the last couple of days. That's why we're recording on Thursday this week. Uh, on Tuesday evening, the one that we'll be talking about obviously more um, than any of the other games this week was uh, River Plate versus Boca Juniors. Apparently, there's some kind of a rivalry between the two sides. Yeah. Um, and River can be happy enough, I think, with, with the way that that game went. They won 2-0. Um, they probably would have liked to win to have won a little more comfortably given the balance of play but win it in the end they did um, and the other match was on the balance of play almost as one-sided mm-hmm. um, but the result leaves the other semi-final much more up in the air and much tougher to call because mm-hmm. in spite of being played off their own pitch by, Gre- uh, by Flamengo for most of the game Gremio were gifted an 89th minute equaliser and as a result got a 1-1 draw so Flamengo take it back to Rio de Janeiro with an away goal but probably kicking themselves for not having put that type on doubt to be honest and on top of that with one of the stupidest goals I've ever seen conceded I mean I've seen worse goals score bigger mistakes but just it was a really nicely worked goal if you just ignored what set the whole move up yeah just for pure I mean naivety let's say Mm. Um, it was unexcusable. It'd be unexcusable in a preseason friendly, let alone the last minute of a Copa Libertadores semi final tie. I was fuming. Do you want to talk us through it, Dom? Yes, so as Sam says, it was in the final minutes. Um, Felipe Luis, Flamingo's new signing, of course, a long association with European football via Atletico Madrid, and I believe he was with Chelsea for a very short while, right? Yes, yeah. it was certainly with somebody in England. I think it was Chelsea. And uh, Brazil International, of course. He got chopped down um, and stayed down. Uh, Flamengo remained in pos- possession. Uh, the attack was on as well. But I think it was one of the 17 Evertons that was on the field last night. Um, didn't kick it out and didn't continue the attack. He just sort of dawdled, played around with the ball, didn't do anything. And managed to give it away. Of course, in that moment, Gremio in position, with the Flamengo team, say, oh, now you can kick it out, right? Oh, of course they're not going to kick it out. Mm. They went straight up the other end and, and scored. Uh, through someone whose name has just escaped my... Pepe. 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 With there an assist go. from one of the other Everdons. The, the, yes, the Everton the other who, who should have kicked it out and didn't was Everton Ribeiro, yes. the uh, Flamengo captain. And then the other, the bloke who set up the goal for Gremio is just Everton. 
There we go. Just on his own. Who played in the World Cup? Copa America. Severinia, isn't it? Yes. Um, so yeah, really, really. Um, uh, as I say, nice stuff from Flamengo, who look really good. They have looked fantastic throughout these uh, latter stages of the Copa. And I can't remember if I said this between hand-up-on recordings or actually on a recording, but they're kind of, for my money, the the one team that would make for a cracking final um, with River. Mm. Uh, that would be, I think, the neutral's choice as a final in I- terms of talent. And I think Attacking that's, verve and, it's, and it's largely borne out as well. I made this point on Hand Pod Extra, which I recorded last night for our Patreon subscribers. Um, but I, I think it's largely borne out as well because, based on the evidence of you know, if, if you'd only ever seen these two first legs this mm-hmm. week and you haven't ever seen any other um, football from this year's competition. Uh, then you would be saying, well, the neutral's choice for the finals got to be River against Flamengo yes. and Gremio versus Boca. On the evidence of what we've seen the two games would this not week, be. would yes. be a bit of a possibly clawing your eyes out so you don't have to watch it. Kind of Indeed. Nevertheless, uh, Flamingo remain in pole position, let's say. They've got the away goal. Indeed, yeah. They're going to host uh, Gremio. Uh, but if there's one thing we know about Gremio, they, they are a cup team. Mm. They are an equipo copero. Uh, this is their third semi-final in a row I believe that yes. sounds yes. right yes yep. they won it 2017 against Lanús in the final and went out to River last summer in the semi-finals yeah. yeah they're always they've got a habit of being in the latter stages of the Libertadores they're very difficult to beat as we saw last night uh, Flamengo huffed and puffed and only partially uh, broke down the Gremio door mm. and Gremio also had a couple of chances on the breakaway uh, Diego Alves, uh, Flamengo keeper, made two fantastic saves within about 30 seconds of each other in the second half. Yeah, He was also Very a goalkeeper uh, that had been playing in several years in Europe, right? Valencia, yes. if my memory yes, right. so, does. Yes. Or was that a different Diego Alves? Or sw- by, I think he is. I think it is, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Flamengo, I'd say, uh, a slight favourites in that. And judging on form, on... On the way uh, they've been playing, the, the amount of talent they've got uh, at their disposal, they really should be going through. But uh, you'd be silly to count out uh, Gremio at this point. It looks, if Sofa score is correct at least, it looks like he's a, a different Diego. Oh. oh no, but hang on, this is just some very... Oh no, those are opponents. I thought that was his career to date. Sorry, carry <laughs> on. I'm going to continue to search him while you carry on making your point up. I think my point has, has been made now, so if um, why don't we move on to River and we could actually talk to someone who was at the stadium last night. We could indeed, yes. Um, yes. And it wasn't me. River got a 2-0 win, as we say, over Boca Juniors. Um, Andres was actually at the stadium on Tuesday night, not last night. If he'd yes. gone last yes. night, yes. it would have been... Um, yes, if I were... Uh, it would, if had, last night it was cold also, but wouldn't have been any match there. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I previewed the 2-0... A risky result, as I said, uh, but uh, uh, when the match finished, I, I, I thought it wasn't so risky. Um, it could have been more. Uh, Boca had their chances also, or at least one clear chance um, spilled by, by Capaldo, who is not used to, to be so uh, close to, to the box. No. Uh, and uh, yes, I think it was a perfect night for, for me, at least, because I, I went back to the Monumental since a long time ago. Uh, um, I don't know whether the fireworks are permitted or not because there were a lot. 
Uh, it was a funny little story, uh, yeah. side story of that, involving uh, an airplane pilot. Yeah, who are, who are now going to be, the, the two pilots are now going to be investigated by Ireland Yasaki and Dinas, because they shouldn't have been doing it, apparently. No, particularly since they were about to land. Um, anyone who's been to Buenos Aires, or a lot of people that have been to Buenos Aires at least, uh, will know that River Stadium is situated, what would it be, about half a mile from Maido Parque? Yeah. Which is Buenos Aires, the Buenos Aires area's second airport, let's, let's say for local flights, domestic flights, that kind of thing. And this, um, this airliner was uh, coming, coming into land just as the fireworks were, were going off uh, in the Monumental, as the teams were coming onto the pitch. And yeah, one of the pilots decided to pull out his phone and record it. I mean, I can understand that, but... If you did that, why the hell would you share it? I mean, just keep it on your phone. Yeah. You've got something very special to, to, you know, to treasure as a personal memory. Don't be a dick and, and spread it around. Mm. It's not hard. Or if you do, then maybe, you know, wait a few months or a couple of years and then get one of your mates to leak it and without saying which pilot it was or something. Yeah, like that, I mean, there are plenty of options. You've got plates um, coming in every few minutes. Indeed. So but then I read something interesting about this... Um, I think it was one of the people, I don't know, either from the pilot's union or some safety body, kind of, who made the very valid point that um, in that entire image, the dangerous thing isn't really the pilot taking a, take a, recording a video, it's the fact that you've got thousands of fireworks going up in the air. Yes, and you're flying. Extremely yes. close to where someone, where a plane is coming into land. Hmm. And... If you get any sort of strong crosswind or anything, that it's not ideal, is it? Really? I mean, they should maybe coordinate it a bit better. Keep planes away for ten minutes when you know there's going to be fireworks in the Monumental. Tell River not to let any fireworks off outside the Monumental. That's going to be tricky. I mean, it's Wouldn't probably easier to stop planes than, than yeah, do that. Uh, but the game itself, yeah, I thought um, as an. As I think we've hinted at, River won with some authority. Um, we talked last week on the, on the podcast about how Boca and their coach Alfaro were probably going to be looking more for a, a repeat of the of the game that we just had in the Monumental, uh, a nil nil Super Clasico in Superliga, which is at the start of September. Um, keep it very tight, very compact make River work for their chances. I mean, that was the idea. Uh, unfortunately for Boca, Emmanuel Mas is a complete idiot and decided to give away a ridiculous penalty um, three minutes in. I think the tackle was, what, two minutes in and then by the time play was brought back, VAR yeah, took it. about four minutes by the time it was actually awarded. Um, but not only... It's like, you couldn't think of a worse start for Boca because you think... If they go the first half hour, the first half without conceding there, you got, you know, some doubts start playing and mm. and but you just can't have stupid defenders doing that. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. But it is strange the, the, the minutes it took to decide it was a penalty. Of course it has to do with the bar uh, review of the play, but it looks like it took so long for them to uh, uh, well, not make, be sure it was penalty because then the referee has to go and watch the play and decide himself whether it was or not yeah. but but uh, uh, why so long and of course this was something 
uh, that the Boca supporters and, and journalists, which in this case is the same, because they, they both protested that the, uh, the, the, the penalty was awarded when the match was uh, three or four minutes after. Uh, it, can, it can be that, like that. It's not that they, they, but, they, yeah. they play, they, the match has, has to be stopped and review the play four minutes if you want, but with the match stop. No, you can watch. You can. I did see one, I think on, it was on Wednesday afternoon, on one of the uh, news, uh, sports news shows. I think it might have been Kiko Wolf, but I can't remember. It was one of the ESPN presenters making the point that if the ball goes up the other end and Boca score, and then Navar says, oh, but hang on, okay, the ball's just got out of play, so you might want to have a look at this. Then you've got a whole other mess as well of having to, as well as do all of the checks, you've also got to rule out Boca's goal, which is going to make him even more pissed off. Yes, of course. And everything's going to be even more out of control. Obviously, there are no away fans to worry about in this particular instance. Can you um, just imagine, though, for a second, if also... Boca had gone up the other end and scored, only for play to come back to the penalty? Oh, my... Well, that would have been very, but very. I think it was in yes. Germany that some time ago, when the ball was uh, just uh, being applied, I think a little time uh, hmm. before, that there was that. Uh, a, a, I don't know if a goal, but a, a very dangerous play was uh, stopped because there was a previous play in the other box uh, that had to be reviewed by bar. Yeah. Uh, so it's not strange. Of course, here it will be, of course, very. The referee has to be escorted by police officers if that happens because uh, it's of course ma much more dangerous in Argentina than in Germany mm. if something like that happens. Um, I'm guessing that the reaction in the stands when that was awarded wasn't really too worried about the fact that it had taken a while and was a bit confusing, <laughs> Andres. No, it was, uh, of course, when, when it took it a, a, a little uh, sec uh, some seconds to... So, hey, why is he, is he going to, re, to review a play in the, at the bar? Ah, yes, that possible penalty. Hmm. But it, was not, it wasn't automatic or, or, or at the same moment, at, very, at, the very, uh, uh, at that moment, because it was like, oh, what, what is he going to, be, to, to watch? That? Then, yeah, ah, yes, that, that penalty. Uh, so it, it was strange, even for River Plate supporters. Hmm. It wasn't that... They, uh, uh, But then, then when the penalty was awarded, of course, the, the, the shouting and, and celebrating. Uh, when you're in the stand in the Monumental, I mean, I must say, I don't think I've actually been to a game where VAR has been active yet. I mean, how conscious are you of what's going on? Is it just basically you stand in there? Do they have a VAR decision being made? Uh, I don't know. How no, it's, it's, it's strange because uh, when you are, of course, uh, now it's permitted or it's uh, the, the Conmebol uh, made possible for the place to be watched on TV when they, their bar is being reviewed. Not in, in the stadium, you have only that screen with the bar symbol. Yeah. Not, you are not allowed to watch the play. No, of course. Yeah. So you are like blind uh, at that moment. Mm. Um, and, but it was clearly, uh, of course in my case, it was clear that Uh, he was pointing pointing to the spot when when uh, to award the penalty. Uh, then it was a bit confusing, <laughs> but uh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, then we we thought it would be like this: that after the match there will be a lot of discussion, a lot of talking. Uh, like every time that here is is the bar, uh, the bar is being applied. Uh, of course, we didn't know that perhaps the Boca. 
players and the coach will be so victimized or so they, they will be so uh, 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 so victimized of course we thought he, they will talk but not at that yeah uh, so I, I guess the, the next thing we need to ask obviously we've, we've got we don't have a Bocker supporter here with us um, we have a, a neutral in Dan we have a River fan in Andres and we have you know a, a River sympathiser in me um, who I, I tried to be neutral but I'm aware that perhaps not everybody listening considers me neutral in this so I'm going to ask the question I'm going to ask it of Dan as, as the obvious neutral was it a penalty because unsurprisingly on Twitter during the game mm. and as Andres kind of hints a lot of uh, Boca fans and, and Boca covering journalists were saying oh no it's not I also got some tweets as well from Boca fans saying it, it was a penalty um, but was it? Yeah, yeah, of course it was. Because when I first saw it, I was looking at the other bloke coming in. I didn't actually spot that Mass was completely clattering. Don't <laughs> I, was, I, was look, I was concentrating on the other bloke's foot and going, oh yeah, it does look like he's grazed, grazed the ball there just before he goes into to De La Cruz. And I hadn't noticed that Mass was there at all. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think there's any real discussion about it. I mean, yes. he goes in hard, he doesn't play the ball, he, he cleans out um, the river player. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a... Hmm. Afterwards, I heard the most famous uh, River Plate commentator, who is Atilio Costa Febris, uh, 30 years ago, that he, since uh, I think the 80s, that he's uh, commentating River matches. And one of the commentators there said that he thought at first that he was, it hadn't, hadn't been penalty. So it's not that they say, ah, penalty, it was penalty. At first they thought it hadn't been, because it's, he, uh, Evanamas, also touches the ball. Yeah. Apart from the leg of uh, Borre, Santos Borre. So uh, uh, sorry, yeah, Santos Borre, not De La Cruz. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, it was said that De La Cruz uh, handballed. Yes, that's uh, right. Uh, which I think is not like that. But so you have the two versions. Perhaps the ones that at first thought they wasn't, it hadn't been penalty, then they said it was, hmm. because of course you had to watch it four, five times to to realize. But in the end, it was. Yeah. Um, the obviously that such an early goal. I mean, even even with the time that it took to award it, followed by the time it took to take it, uh, once it had been awarded, it, it was still scored only six minutes in. That kind of blew Bocker's strategy of oh, completely of yeah. waiting and, and until the seventieth or sixtieth minute or whatever. Four strikers, and they started with one. Of course, mm. it's you understand it because of the results, but. Uh, they repeated, yes, they repeated the same, the very same formation. But he didn't. Because yes. in, in the league, he had Marcone and. Oh, God, I, sh- I meant to get this up before we started this point, actually. Mm. But, um, it was, yeah, it was kind of a 4 5 1 slash 4 3 3. It was more, it was a double kind of holding with a, a double sink, double sink, or double, two fives. Um, with Marcone alongside. Capaldo wasn't the same the other day? Um, whereas today I thought Capaldo was played much further forward. It was it mm. was more Marconi on his own. So in in the league, River were going wide an awful lot and couldn't really work it back in. Whereas on Tuesday night, Boca just surrendered the centre. I thought it was every time they gave the ball away, yeah. which they were doing a lot. It was just another wave of of white and red sashes mm-hmm. running at them through the middle. And I thought that was why they had so many problems and why really River. Um, from the stance I watched Avila quite alone there in the attack yeah. uh, well I mean yeah. like putting Caballo further forward is obviously part of the reaction conscious or otherwise to the goal right I mean 
is a, I don't know if that was specifically the instruction he would have received from Alfaro, but he's a young kid. He wanted to to prove a point, and maybe he did get kind of suckered away from from his uh, his stipulated role. And of course, he had uh, Boca's best chance of the game. De, De Rossi and Marconi played alongside each other in the league. In River? Yeah. yeah. De Rossi was there? De Rossi yeah. was. Oh. It was almost his last game, I think, he's played or... Well, second be, to last game. He, was, he played the first 70 minutes before being subbed for Emmanuel Reynoso. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and uh, I thought it was really weird because, you know, Boca seemed to be going with the same approach, but mm-hmm. with a different formation, which didn't make any sense, mm-hmm. um, and, and which played into River's strengths, really. And, and they also just executed things awfully. I mean, they couldn't string four passes together. No. No, they were rattled. They didn't have a plan B. You could see they were kind of really floundering, um, not entirely sure what to do after the goal, um, after that early penalty. Uh, and credit to River as well, like they, they played a, a very good game. Didn't, I think, unlike the uh, the league game, the um, midfield were really fantastic. They were mm. defensively, more than anything, without the ball. They were just so strong, you know, so intense getting up on Boca, not giving them the pass. The pass out of defence, the two uh, fullbacks, Mass and and the young kid who I can't remember, Wenge, has got a weird name. Oh, uh, Bocker's fullback. Yes, Wagant. Wagant, that's the one. Uh, couldn't get forward at all, um, and the other two, uh, the, the other two wide men, um, who were Soldano and I believe Reynoso started. Yep. They were absolutely awful. But I, I'm not sure why he keeps playing Franco Soldano as. As a wide midfielder, it's the second no. or third time he's done it, and Franco Soldano is a centre forward. Indeed, stop playing him on the right wing. Yes, it's bizarre. And yes, it's instead of him. Well, of course, I'm very Van Gaal and Riquelme at uh, Barcelona, right? I, I I believe Salvio will play in the in the second leg, yes. and in this case, he didn't play because he was not at his one hundred percent. He came off the bench, yes, yeah, in the end, yeah. in the second half, and when he came off the bench, Boca did pick up a little bit. Yes. Let's be fair. We will have to be very, very uh, well. Have to be careful with him uh, in the in the revenge, in the second leg because, it, of course, in this case, Alfaro will not play the way he's used to because he will have to go deeper into attack and, of course, have to try to at least score one goal like River did in the in the first leg yeah. uh, in the start of the match. Uh, we haven't spoken about the second goal that, that River Post, scored. Yes, great um, play, which which was. I mean, there's no argument about that, was there? There was a, a, a touch, fine touch by, I think it was Matias. No, who was the one who? It was Fernandez to Skoko to Suarez and back to Skoko, I think, was yes. it? Yes. No, no, the one who scored was Nacho Fernandez, not Skoko. Mm. The other Nacho. Oh, was it? Yes. Ah, yes. right. Skoko yes. wasn't there still. Uh, yes, you're quite. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but I think it was Matias Suarez, the one who mm. touched the wall finally. For for Nacho Fernandez to be clear in the into the attack and, and then go and give the pa- the ball again to, to Suarez and mm-hmm. what uh, it was a really a really a play in which River perhaps is not if they could do that uh, of course more often will be even uh, well uh, even better but well they can't do it any, every time um, even uh, with that. Uh, uh, easy or at least easy looking victory there were some moments in which River ha- was a bit nervous and, and didn't uh, 
played very well with the ball from the back, especially from Martin Martinez Cuarta, who was, I don't know why he was nervous, but uh, give he's playing in a Super Clásico Copa Libertadores semi-final. Yes, I know, I know. I see. But no, it, it wasn't shown by the other players, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. Uh, giving the ball away to Boca, perhaps, players, who, of course, didn't take advantage of it because they were, I think they were, uh, with the, that idea of more defending than attacking, perhaps. Yeah. And Although there was the point in the first half when uh, Capaldo missed a shocking <laughs> chance. Uh, for Boca after uh, Ramon Abila had done well to, to hold it hold off his man slid it through for Capaldo was cleaned through edge of the six yard box and put the ball into orbit I mean that, that must have been a bit of a heart in mouth situation <laughs> yeah, there were some situations in which River were not very well uh, stood in the, in the back uh, of course they were well into attack and then the, the going back wasn't so 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 fast during some times, but uh, finally it was solved by, by a, a quick uh, clearance by could be Casco, could have been could be Pinola. Mm. Casco, who was, I think, uh, <laughs> there was shown, I think, in previous matches, a banner or a, a flag uh, with the message, uh, sorry, Casco, because at this point he's brilliant, really brilliant. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, it sets things up interestingly for the second leg because as I think it was Andres a few minutes ago said, Alfaro now is going to have to get Boca to play in a way that Boca haven't really played under Alfaro so far. Um, they're going to have to come out. They're going to have to, to attack. And it's also a way that, as we have seen in the league, in Rivers' recent away matches, not so yes. much in the Monumental, where they struggled a bit more, um, it, it could potentially play into Rivers' hands quite nicely. Yeah, I think their last three away games have been, what, 6-1, 3-0 and 2-0? Yes. Yeah. It was 4-0 against Huracan and then 2-0 ah, against Team Nassia, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't River who broke the record by Andrada. It was news because they, yes. they scored the other day. But this thing also made Calfaro and Boca be like more... Well, with a lot of doubts because it was almost perfect before... News uh, with clean sheets, with scoring one, two goals, but scoring. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the Superliga weekend in the second half. But uh, Boca uh, were held to a one-one draw um, by Newells, who equalised with about what was it, ten or fifteen minutes yeah. left. Um, for I can't remember who scored the goal. It's we'll it in. Thank you. Um, yes. What's his first name? Maxi? No. Juan. Juan Manuel. Juan Manuel in Sorralde. Um And um, I, I saw. A, a one thing that got retweeted onto my Twitter timeline from uh, from a Boca fan was well, I'm kind of I wouldn't say I'm happy but I'm relieved that Andrade isn't going to be going to the Monumental with this really long unbeaten you know, <laughs> record without conceding um, under his belt and I thought if I was supporting that club then I would want him to go there with that record still because he'd still have that little bit of an aura of in invincibility mm. maybe and okay obviously you just play the match as it comes to you on the day. History doesn't mean anything and all that. But psychologically, that kind of thing sometimes maybe can play on you a little bit. Um, yeah, but it's it, not it, it affects much his confidence. Really. And it can affect the confidence. Okay, I mean, obviously, you know, especially when Boca can see the penalty four minutes yeah. in, that's another matter entirely. Um, but I just kind of thought, oh, if I was a Boca fan, I would, I would have been much happier going there with, with him still not having conceded for a bit. Um, Never took you for a superstitious type, Sam. No, no, I'm, well, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying psychologically, I think that if, if, if the opposing forwards are aware that you haven't conceded in like 17 hours of football or whatever, um, then maybe it just plays on their mind a little bit more. 
Perhaps, perhaps. You're saying that Santos Borre might just have hesitated a little bit more. If Oh, with the penalty, I don't yes. think it would have made a difference in the oh, end. Right. But if, if River had, had a penalty and if it had been open play, mm-hmm. then it might have possibly affected things. And, you know, Andrade himself might have been that little bit more confident to come for certain balls or whatever as well. It's yeah. a different game. And, and he couldn't have done much with either goal, we must say. No, and, and he did make a couple of saves that pretty much keep this tie... I went, maybe if not alive then at least on life support let's say uh, going in three weeks from now oh definitely I, I think without his performance um, we would probably be tentatively saying that it was game over right now I mean he made three at least really three. good saves yeah. he also got beaten all ends up by a miss hit Gonzalo Montiel cross that came back off the post at one point mm. um, we we had to do there because he was yeah. windy and, uh, but there were higher a lot of high uh, performances like we will say the one I mentioned Casco De La Cruz Nacho Fernandez of course uh, but I think Andrada was also superb and Esquivelos as well had a very yes. good game if it yeah. wasn't for him he was pretty much doing a doing a one man defence um, in the Monument Day he was the only he one wasn't getting much who, who yeah. didn't have a shocker in my opinion I mean, yes. both the fullbacks as you said were very quiet Mas gave the stupid penalty mm-hmm. away Wygant was a bit sloppy and Lisandro Lopez, I thought, had far from his best game. And it was mm-hmm. Lisandro Lopez, wasn't it? Before I yes. go any further, yes, it was. far from his best game in a Boca shirt. Agreed. Boca had their three of their four men booked, uh, uh, except for Wigand. He had. Yeah. They had. They it was had a hell of a lot of fouls as well in the game. That was mm. possibly the thing that got as a neutral. Let's say uh, was really annoying. I mean. You could barely go 20 seconds without a foul. And, and that was, was 45 in total. That actually I wanted to ask you about as a neutral, which you just kind of accidentally reminded me mm. to ask you, Dan, was the post-match declarations from Gustavo Alfaro saying, oh, oh River just dive all the time. Um, do, do they, or were Boca sort of told to also kick them a bit? I mean, if you do look they? at the foul count, it's actually very... Uh, very well matched. In mm. fact, possibly even River had committed more fouls than Boca. Um, which is basically two phenomena, two phenomena, which uh, which met in the Monumental. 24 fouls by River and 20 by Boca, according to Sofa Scores count. Um, you had River, who are so, um, what's the word, let's say, uh, so effective in their press, in their harrying, um, but also at times not the most precise and they do give away a lot of fouls um, doing that and on the other side Boca who um, worked out part, uh, quite early in, in yet why do I keep wanting to say yesterday what <laughs> happened yesterday well there was the second uh, semi-final was yesterday yeah but for some reason it's, that day has just been erased from my memory uh, on Tuesday's game um the amount of tactical fouls that, that Boca were carrying out as well, just mm. to kind of interrupt play, keep it messy, keep it stilted. Uh, I think both teams are equally guilty. I mean, um, a game like this, we all know players, you know, if they're under pressure with the ball deep in their own half, they're going to go down. Or if they can get an advantage um, by kind of taking the, taking the fall, winning a foul and, and letting the team regroup, they're going to do it. Yeah, uh, I don't think you can say. I mean, there was a systematic, uh, dastardly plan from River to 
to dive. I mean, uh, that's perhaps just not stupid. naive as Flamengo were uh, 24 le- hours later. Definitely not. No, definitely um, not. Uh, I think if any, if either Boca or River conceded such a goal in a Super Clasico, uh, there would be serious consequences. I mean, they're still they still talk about uh, Lucas Prato scoring right from the restart <laughs> in the final first leg, right uh, seconds after Boca scored. Hmm. Um, the final thing I will mention in terms of the dynamic ahead of the second leg of this tie uh, are there is, suspensions? well Capaldo's suspended because he got sent off he, he, he was initially shown a yellow card um, mm, with yeah. like 10 seconds to go which would have had him suspended anyway. which would have had him suspended anyway and uh, that was then rescinded on, on VAR and was mm. replaced with a straight red which means he's suspended for the that class. was the referee and fuck up from where I was standing I don't think that Red card merited no. a red card at all. Yeah, I think the referee decided... Because definitely not in that context with 30 seconds to go. No, it was just exactly. going to piss people off. Like. I, I guess from the referee's point of view, OK, it's a late challenge, I'll give him a booking. And then when he sees the replay, maybe it was a bit higher than he initially thought and that made him doubt his original judgment. Mm. But, but I would agree. Although, yes, yes. if Boca then do manage to come back, get to the final... A, a yellow card means he's suspended for the second leg, whereas a straight red means he's also suspended for the final as well. And you might get a complaint from the final opponents there. I don't know. I wouldn't have thought. There, there are a lot of tackles like yeah. like Capaldos and even Pinola could have been uh, sent off. Yeah. If, if you consider like that a, a, a tackle like that uh, similar, because it was similar. So yes, in that case, it was I think too much. But uh, the other yeah. thing I saw, I think this is a bit of a joke actually, but. Um, Supposedly Ramon Avila said something to the referee, which now a couple of River directors are making a complaint about and hoping that he might get. But I don't know how much of that is just media bluster and how much it is, I... is actually correct. Because Avila wasn't booked or anything during the game. The referee right. didn't say anything about any of this. No, and, and, so, okay. and Tevez uh, making some gesture. See, I think typical, like, he's yeah, being yeah. paid. He's being paid, yeah. But uh, apparently Conmebol was... It was said or rumoured that Conmebol would... Uh, say we'll do something but finally I think they won't mm. um, so Capaldo is suspended and a player who might be back with the potential also to affect the dynamic of the game um, he was announced fit again to take part in matches this morning gonna put a big smile onto my face now I might be a, uh, try and be a neutral but there's no way to be sad about this Juan Fernando Quintero mm. is back <laughs> the problem is who, of course, you will say De La Cruz or whatever. Oh, totally, yeah. whoever, Especially whoever. after Tuesday night. Mm. It was De La Cruz's worst game of the Libertadores this mm. year, probably. He was still yes. really good, but... Yes. I can't see him starting in La Bombonera. It, well, uh, it would be a strange... He's got three, possibly four weeks to get himself match fit. No, depending even, on whether they give us a new date for the match or not. I think even in that one. case, if he's fully fit, like, this River team has been so effective, basically because... They don't have to go through one single kind of playmaking conduit and it's mm. all, everything's done at 100, 120 miles an hour. If you bring Quintero in, it's going to change the dynamic necessarily. I, 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 I they're going to give him a chance in a yeah. couple of league games. but He'll, he'll play a few league games yeah. and I think depending on the level that he comes back at, if, if he comes back and is just still at the top of his game right from the start, then I, I think you'd be brave to leave him out, um, particularly when there's going to be so much space if Boca do indeed go forward and given that this is Alfaro even though they need to it, it's difficult to imagine yeah. them doing so with full gusto but if I they can't do, see it to be honest I think I'd be very surprised if he's uh, if he's anywhere but on the bench 
I'll be honest, I just wanted to mention that he's back, because I'm really happy about that. And I think also, we have a question on him as well, so we, we can mention it there as well. Also, I don't know, we, I, I don't see you will be that glad, but uh, Poncio also is uh, fit again. Ah, good. Okay. I wasn't aware of that, so thank you. Um, on that note, we're going to call half-time now, and when we come back, we will talk about the Superliga. One thing that we forgot to mention during the first half discussion of Flamengo versus Gremio, or rather Gremio versus Flamengo, um, was the hilarious uh, spectacle, at least for the neutral, of seeing Flamengo have three goals disallowed before they actually managed to open the scoring legitimately. Um, it, it was uh, rather amusing. We're just getting replays. Of I it think the now. third one actually was just after the goal, possibly. Oh, was it? Oh, yes, you might be right. Yeah, okay. But yes, you're right. Yeah, you've won it already there. Um, anyway. Uh, first of all, Colón through to their first ever continental final, uh, thanks to the shootout win that we already mentioned at the start. Well done, Colón. Mm, yes. What more can we say? They're going to meet Independiente del Valle in the um, uh, Asunción. I don't remember this. What's the name of the story? The Defensores de, de Chaco. It is yes. that one, isn't it? They're not playing yes. the Nueva Osha in Asunción. One of the ones in Asuncion, anyway. I think it's the Defensores de Chaco. Um, I think they might be playing in the lower church. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Possibly. because it was a guessing l- of myself. Because it was a late change, I remember. It right. was supposed to be in Lima, and then for some yeah. reason it wasn't. He had said Stadium General Pablo Rojas, which I don't know is the Lanoa show. The Yes, uh-huh. that is Lanoa yeah. Okay. Uh, so they will meet in Asuncion um, in... Can we remember the date? It's November, isn't it? It's I think start of November, first week. The of November, 9th of November. There we go. 9th of November. Thank Such you, Andres. Yes. Uh, well done, Colón. I think what we can say about that final is that there are going to be a lot more Colón fans there than Independiente del Valle fans. Yes. yes. Posing an early test for this whole newfangled idea of a single final. Yeah, I think it's 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 quite funny. Um, it, for those of us who, who said that the um, neutral venue finals weren't going to work and, and explained why, you know, last yeah. year when this was announced, uh, pointed out the travelling distances and everything, I, I do find it darkly amusing that two, with no disrespect meant whatsoever to Colón or Independiente del Valle, that two of the continent's smaller clubs on a continental level mm. um, are going to be the first to play in one of these neutral finals because it, I don't think it's going to be a full stadium. No, the Cologne side is going to be packed out because it's, it's their first ever continental final. Yeah, but it's, it's not just the up the road at Asuncion. When you say just up the road, it's like, what, 600 miles or something probably? No, but a lot less. If really? Santa Fe is sort of in the north-ish of Oh, it's further uh, up than Rosario. Yeah, yeah, I always think it's just right on the no, same no, no, sort of lateral as, as Rosario. But no, you know, I'd say straight shot, you've probably got uh, seven or eight hours by coach. Let's have a look. I think as little as that, yeah. Which, by the way, on you know, some of you are probably thinking, "Oh, that does sound like uh, quite a long way." But um, on Argentine roads, that's pretty close. Yeah. No, it's not far at all. Um, I remember 
Oh no, wait, that was Gorba, which isn't that different uh, a distance, I guess. I'm watching the Copa America uh, 2011 again between Brazil and Paraguay, and the amount of Paraguayan fans was was very impressive. Google uh, Google reckons it's 870 kilometers, so I think I was about right with 500 miles, but it's certainly nowhere near as far as Sangolki. Yeah, so seven eight hours by coach. Uh, it, it says 11 and a half, but. Yeah, possibly clearing customs and that, but yeah. that's nothing really. I mean, that's, that's pessimistic to me. Yeah, I've, I've gone further than that to see Racing in the league. So anyway, it's not that far at all. Anyway, uh, I, I that think it's Bologna safe to say do, that probably yeah. not very many Asuncion locals are going to be coming out for Independiente del Valle versus Colón. No. Uh, in the way that they might have done if this had been two of the, say, the two clubs that those two teams beat yeah. playing in the. <laughs> In the final. Indeed, and it poses a question. I mean, I don't think any of us are particularly in favour of uh, of this change to single finals. But let's say that possibly for the Libertadores, you can excuse it because generally you'll get a River and Boc or Boca or a Gremio, you know, sides who do have big big supports that mm. are going to travel at least in sufficient quantity to to fill a stadium somewhere uh, on the. Uh, on the South American continent. Uh, so, if, but if we accept that, why did they have to change the sort of Americana as well? Why not? I mean, I know Sam's probably old enough to remember that the European Cup Champions League always used to be a single game, but the UEFA Cup, for example, yeah. had two-legged finals. Hmm. Um, why couldn't they? Why did they have to I'm, I'm bring? Quite, I'm not quite old enough to have been paying attention to it when it but still was. You're but you're yeah. aware of this concept I, I, I know that it is. might have existed. I think possibly it changed in about 97, 98. Yeah, 90s. Fairly, fairly late as well. Um, why couldn't they they keep it at least with the sort of Americana, which, because of recent changes to the Libertadores, is, is most definitely a second tier competition now. Because. Um, Previously, uh, when you had the Libertadores in the first half of the calendar and the Sudamericana in the second half, you could have big teams, let's say, uh, challenging. And there still is, because you get the third place teams from the from the uh, Libertadores group stage and what have you. But generally, they're going to be um, kind of a, a tier down. Maybe not in quality necessarily, but definitely in terms of infrastructure support and willingness of fans to go massive great distances and, and fill stadiums. Yes, exactly. And, and plus, you know, we, we're living in a country where there is a relatively strong, um, by South American standards, not necessarily by especially English standards, uh, but a relatively strong tradition of travelling for matches, uh, away followings, and, and, you know, Argentina fans going to um, World Cups, even on the other side of the world, in what are massive numbers mm-hmm. considering the state of the economy in the country I mean it's not infrequent at World Cups that Argentina is like fourth among the tickets sold countries behind the United States England and Germany or whatever who are all much richer countries with huge traditions of, of mm-hmm. travelling I, I don't know what will happen now right now with, well there is a huge crisis but it's it's usual to see a lot of supporters uh, invading in Japan or Tokyo to watch the uh, Club World Cup or, or the mm-hmm. previous European South American Cup uh, with Japanese officers, police officers not understanding what happened with a lot of people in the streets stopping in the, in the, with the, when it's the 
the red light to, to shout and, 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 and sing. Uh, and in this case, if the Colón, uh, as Dan says, if Santa Fe is not that far away from, from Asunción, I fancy, I won't say a lot, but several uh, cars going there. Of course, I mean, they, I think they have an allocation of 20,000 tickets, some of that, and they shouldn't have any trouble selling it out, I don't think. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, the last two-legged UEFA Cup final, by the way, was Schalke versus Inter mm-hmm. in 96-97. There you go. And I actually have a memory of watching the second leg of that final, and I think I probably wasn't aware that it was a, a two-legged final at the time, because I remember Inter winning that UEFA Cup, uh, Ronaldo played in it I think the original Ronaldo uh, the non-rapey one uh, anyway don't please, if you're one of his lawyers then please don't go to um, anyway moving on to the Superliga well done Conon uh, and we will be obviously previewing the first ever sorry Sam final. Go on. I hope they have better luck than other small clubs like Argentina small clubs that are in Arrived to the final like Huracan recently and Tigre. Yeah, well, there's there's going to be some history made either way because Independiente del Valle also, yes. have been in a Libertadores final final, final yes. four years ago. 2016, 2016, wasn't it? 16, yeah. They, they won the knocked out Boca River and well, yeah. lost Atlético Nacional. That's right, yeah, because and, and that's right, yeah, of course, because it's their second uh, continental final in three years with two completely different squads as well. Um, so either they're going to win their first ever trophy in their second ever international final or Colón are going to win their first ever international trophy in their first ever international final there were another small club like Arsenal who won it mm. uh, but it was oh, 12 years ago 13 yeah Arsenal won the Sudamericana before I moved here I think 2007 possibly sounds about right yes um, we apologise for the dog in the background <laughs> while I read out the Superliga scores from the weekend just gone they were Aldo Sibi 1, Union 2, Patronato 1, Lanús 1, Arsenal de Sarandí, who we just mentioned, 3, Estudiantes 0, Gimnasia 0, River 2, as we mentioned already, that was really a, a reserve Riverside for fairly obvious reasons, uh, Boca in a largely second string team, uh, 1, Newells 1, we also mentioned that one a little bit earlier, Banfield 0, San Lorenzo 1, Huracán 0, Atlético Tucumán 0, Belles Sarsfield nil, Defensa y Justicia one. It's perhaps one of the more understated, but I think one of the more interesting results this weekend just gone. Rosario Central one, Racing one in the Clásico Caude Cocaense. Let's call it. Uh, Independiente. Cocaude de Tense. Well, that works as well, doesn't it? I mean, I know oh, I'm yeah. stretching the definition of works a bit, but yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll take it. Independiente 3, Tacheres 2, Central Córdoba 1, Godoy Cruz 0, and Colón 1, Argentinos 0, as if Colón needed any other reason to celebrate in those few days. Mm. Um, we'll begin, I think, with, obviously we're only going to do these quite quickly, given that it's not really the main focus of this week's podcast. Independiente Tacheres... Um, as a neutral, I found quite entertaining because, I mean, apart from the fact they finished 3-2, it was also quite amusing because Independiente went in at the break 2-0 up. Cecilio Dominguez and then right on the stroke of half-time, Juan Sanchez Mino, set up by Cecilio Dominguez, were the goal scorers. Um, they looked like they were sailing. They remained really thoroughly on top, I thought, until about the 75th minute. And then in the 80th minute, they conceded one. And they just seemed to panic. Mm. And they considered an equaliser in the 86th minute. And then Jorge Figal won it with almost the last kick of the game. 
um, to, to make it finally they ended up winning but it should have been I mean on the balance of play that game should have finished 3 or 4 nil fairly comfortably um, yeah very similar to their previous home game which was mm. against Lanos they gone 2 nil up were absolutely cruising and somehow contrived to, to let Lanos back into it and it's exactly the, the same here um, I mean I think it was better from Independiente they they play some good football. I mean, they're capable of playing good football when they put their minds to it. But it's a team that dawdles a lot. It's um, it's kind of very troubling if you're if you're an independiente coach or or player to see these kind of lows the team have, which uh, which seem to be just kind of really um, really devastating when 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 they're in games they should be walking really. Yeah. Like we say here, uh, there is like a phrase uh, used commonly in football, which is to finish the games, which will be of course to, to see them out. Let's yeah, say, yeah. To, yeah, yeah, to see the games. Depending, they have high problems to, to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess in their defence, Tacheres were in a very good run of form. They yes. had uh, five consecutive wins um, prior to that game in all competitions. But I mean, even so, as I said, two nil up, and then you're bossing the second half as well. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. Happening. And then they're letting two in like five minutes and really you know silly goals as well um, it, it was it was entertaining as I said for, for the neutral I actually missed it live because I was at a, a, a New Year's dinner yes forgot to say Andres Happy New Year thank um, you Shana mm. and then I, and, and Shana to, to our, our Jewish listeners as well um, and then I uh, when I saw the score I was like oh I'm, I'm going to rewatch that one tonight then once my girlfriend's gone to bed uh, which I did um, other results let's talk about the Clásico uh, Central Racing it's not a Clásico but <laughs> as we mentioned last week it brought together Racing's two most recent league winning managers Diego Coca the manager of Central and uh, the other bloke Eduardo Caudet yes. that's the one and the two um, academias who, of uh, like the two biggest academias of Argentina or two indeed yeah uh, Diego Caudet who is not only Racing's most recent Eduardo title Caudet. winning manager Eduardo Caudet thank you and um, and Racing's current boss but also of course a former central boss so it was all tremendously confusing mm. uh, in terms of talking about who was managing who Dan what did you make of the game? I think Racing's players were confused too because they were absolutely crap they were really, really bad. Um, was, they were very unlucky to escape with it, with the draw. I thought. Central, uh, Racing. Very, very, sorry, very lucky. Yeah, to escape I was going to say. Yeah, they were dreadful. I'm not entirely sure what happened. They won uh, the previous three games, I think, before that, and uh, it's hard to say what happened. They were just bullied off the pitch, let's say, by Central, and it's possibly the most. Um, the the most false one one result you'll ever see because it really should have finished five or six one to Centrale mm. if I can me- if I remember rightly they hit the hit the post hit the bar three or four times Adias says uh, here that they hit the woodwork twice maybe. I have a feeling they might have hit it as well but it got called offside at some point which might be very possible Rassing hit the woodwork as well yes. but. Um, I can't remember that happening. I think it was a cross that hit the bar. Yeah, just oh, after yeah, Alessandro yeah. Lopez's cross mm. went in. Uh, which says it all, really. The only way Racing could score was when they weren't trying. Um, Gabriel Arias, as well, the keeper, came out with another three or four saves. Um, no, it was, 
it was very hard to watch. Um, well, one of the things I did find amusing was that after Lopez's cross looped in and, and got Racing their fluky equaliser, uh, Alejandro Donati got credited with the assist. <laughs> having passed Fair it play. way out on the right wing. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. La Liga Lex, would that. it be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not much to say about that. And just that uh, Racing somehow escaped with a point and they should be very happy with it. Uh, I'd like to see better this weekend. But yeah, it, it was the, the weekend in which uh, uh, you could uh, take advantage of. Boca, of course, Boca was the last of the Sunday matches. Yeah. But to take advantage of, of Boca not winning, which is at this point, it was strange for the way they were playing before. Yes, so, indeed. Yeah, we may as well talk about Boca very briefly. Obviously, as I said, River uh, fielded an entirely second string lineup. Boca's wasn't entirely second string. Uh, Carlos Izquierdos started as did Esteban Andrada and Ramon Avila started up front more than anything to play himself into some match fitness because of course mm. he's been out recently um, well, even there. then I mean you've got a starting lineup consisting of Andrade in goal Bufarini, Izquierdos, Junior Alonso and Frank Fabra across the back Sebastián Misha, Jorman Campuzano Agustín Almendra, Agustín Obando across the midfield and then Mauro Sarate and Ramon Avila up front that's not a bad reserve starting eleven. It's not no. And luckily, um, sorry, but to, to interrupt you, luckily Alfaro is uh, considering mass for important matches rather than Fabra, which at this point I think is. Oh, not. you mean luckily from a river? For river, yes, of course. <laughs> Indeed, um, Newells, of course, have been in, in fine form uh, so far this season, particularly as we mentioned last week that trifecta of Rodriguez brothers slash cousins I'm going to say cousins because everybody just thinks of Maxi Rodriguez and, and it's his two cousins who are brothers of one another uh, who are the other two um, Alexis and Dennis um, and they were once again in good form um, they, they had to play a very different game to what they've been playing especially in their home matches so far this season where by and large they've been bossing it and here you know in the Bombonera they were always going to be um, having to play more on the counter attack but they played it very intelligently and in the second half I thought that stats wise yeah Boca were on top and in terms of the balance of play Boca were on top perhaps a little bit more than, than Newell's mm. were um, but ultimately I thought that, that the, the spirit with which Newell's went about the game I thought they deserved uh, yeah, to take something out of it I think they were good value for the draw but what I saw we've seen um, for the last few weeks Boca as we said kind of grinding out these 1-0 2-0 wins uh, kind of getting the goal and not really doing much or or pushing themselves out to to extend that so extend the scoreline let's say um, and you kind of you had to wonder when you know their luck was going to run out when this kind of this uh, mentality of you know we'll get the goal and and we'll put up the shutters mm. when it was going to start playing against them and and the answer was yeah on on Saturday, right? Yeah. It was sufficient for Andrada to have beaten, uh, was it Hugo Gatti's club record? Um, oh, no, it wasn't, was it? It was uh, Navarro Montoya. Although he wasn't very happy about it. No, he wasn't. He, he refused to acknowledge it. This was absolutely fine. Um, yeah. Uh, so what happened was that about, about five minutes before half time, um, or five minutes uh, in the 40th minute, I should say, because one mm. of the things I learned during this game, because I asked for a clarification, is that uh, stoppage time doesn't get included by statisticians when they're talking about how many minutes a goalkeeper has gone without conceding. Yeah, um, so in the 40th minute of the game, Andrada 
um, officially past Navarro Montoya's 826 minutes without conceding in the league to become the Boca goalkeeper with the longest spell of time without conceding in the league. Um, and he obviously ended up conceding in the 80th minute of the game. But Navarro Montoya, I mean, well, take it away, Dan. He took to Twitter um, to say something along the lines of congratulations to Esteban Andrada for getting close to my record. Obviously, my record still stands because I did it all in the same season. I was like, yeah. come on, Carlos, you're a grand fucking man. <laughs> don't, don't be like this. The best thing is he's actually got that record in his Twitter bio. And I believe he's refused to edit it. I don't think he's edited it out yet. Um, oh, good. But he's, he's actually, like, his Twitter bio says, like, uh, former goalkeeper for Boca and, you know, a bunch of the other clubs, not all of the other clubs that he played for. Um, former coach of these teams, 826 minutes without conceding, and then something else, like broadcaster or something. And I think he's refusing to edit the... Um, and, and he mentions the fact that the 826 minutes is a record. And I think he's refusing to edit that. But now maybe he just couldn't be bothered to change his Twitter bio, so he's yeah. kind of found a way around it. Or, or he's an old man who doesn't know how to change his Twitter bio. Maybe very possibly he's saying like his grandson or his son <laughs> set it up for him, and he's like, "Oh shit, do I have to change this? Oh, my son's on holiday. <laughs> ah, fuck it, I'll just tell him that it's not actually a record." Having just um, read out Boca's starting eleven, I may as well re- read out the River starting eleven that started against Gimnasia. It's it's not bad either, by any means. Um, but I'm wondering how many of these names... I mean, Andres presumably will know all of them. But how many of these names do you not recognise, Dan? Enrique Bologna in goal. Ex- one that you should know. Um, Banfield, Union Keeper. Oh, yeah, loads, yes. loads of... Uh, penalty yeah. taker. Erstwhile penalty taker, I remember. For, across the defence from right to left is Elias Lopez. No. Robert Rojas, who we know about because we talked about him El in the transfer. Sicario, who goes off in his spare time to cut down... Uh, Maniok. Yes. Casabe, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, there, there was one. I didn't spot this. There, there is one who is a first-choice player, in fact. Javier Pinola. I have um, Left-back Nahuel Gachardo. The yeah. surname sounds familiar. The surname rings a bell, yeah. Uh, right wing, uh, from right to left, four-man midfield, according to SofaScore. Julian Alvarez. Yes. We've seen him a little bit. Bruno Succulini. Santiago yes. Sosa. Yes. And Fabricio Anchileri, playing up left wing rather than left back. I'd seen him mentioned somewhere, uh, somewhere rather. I don't know if it was for Well, he played for Godoy Cruz and then signed for River. Ah, yes. Um, but he, he, was, he was the fullback, but he was playing in this one as a left winger. Right. Uh, and then Jorge Carrascal, the Colombian yes. Neymar. The Colombian Neymar, of course. Alongside Ignacio Coco. Yeah, um, he rings about too. And those were the two, the two goal scorers against a Diego Maradona Gimnasia side, um, which conceded two goals again because Diego Maradona's Gimnasia conceded two yeah. goals in every game but this time they made a little bit of history for Diego Maradona's Gimnasia Grima La Plata by not scoring one because mm-hmm. they, they'd lost their two previous games 2-1 yes. and this one they lost 2-0 um, I'm not sure really what else we can say that they were again a bit unlucky they um, were yes yeah. they were very they've been very unlucky not to get at least a point out of these last three games because they've had they haven't been ripped apart I think against oh. River they were obviously second best but it's the kind of game that you could sometimes you can squeak but the other thing is that I, I was thinking after the game took place I kind of looked back over uh, over the fixtures that they've had in these three games that Maradona's been in charge of and I thought actually that is That's although very, Racing yeah. aren't in, in fantastic form they're still the defending champions and they're a yes. much better team than Gimnasia and then since then they've played Tacheres who was second in the table and River like, that's a really pretty brutal fixture list for somebody who is not the best manager in South America 
um, to, to come in and just start with those three matches. Um, and in fact, I think that the spirit that Himnasi have gone about it with, they're going to get relegated still. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there's any doubt about that at all now, even if we did think that Maradona was going to do a, you know, create some miracle when he first mm-hmm. came in. Uh, which I don't think anybody sitting yes, around they, this table seriously did. But they're, they're going to be relegated, but I think that yes. they can only get better from here because they're, they're going to pick some points up. Yeah. Signs. They're yeah, but the last they, like, they had against River was a goalkeeper that hadn't played for two years and was incredibly magnificent. It was He saved everything that moved in the, in, in the, air, in the box, even if, if it was a ball, a balloon, or, or, or a, a bird, he saved it. It's yes. incredible. If, if we let Latrice loose in that, the, the Hannapod cat, if we let her loose in the penalty box, then he would have saved Keep her. her right up, yeah. uh, and she moves very, very quickly indeed. Um, so, un- unfortunately for Gimnasia, that one, Maradona quite excellently is still keeping up his tradition of doing post-match interviews while walking across the pitch, which mm-hmm. forces somebody to run along behind him with a massive advertising board. Which I continue to find just hilarious. Um, and he took the defeat well, I must say, considering mm. it was against River, he gave him all the credit. Yeah, and there's been a lot of talk about against River, they're too good. There's been a lot of talk about the pre-match stuff as well, and him and Cashado had a big hug and kiss before the game, and and it was very nice. All all very manly and heterosexual, of course. Of course, it it was very touching, all the same. Um, But yeah, it it looks as if I think Gimnasia can only get better from here. Their next game is away to Godoy Cruz, so that might be, it might feel like a slightly easier fixture compared. I would think so. Yes, it's the kind of game you need to win. It really is this year. Yeah, Um, other. The main other fixtures, I mean, we have to talk about Arsenal versus Estudiantes, even though I didn't catch it. But I did hear, and I gather now from looking at the balance of play here, that it was very much against the run of play. Uh, Arsenal won 3-0, having had uh, four shots on target to Estudiantes' seven. Uh, and second best on Estudiantes in Estudiantes, right? Indeed, yeah. I mean, they were second best on basically every single statistic. Uh, 57% possession for Estudiantes. 19 total shots to 15, 7 shots on target for Estudiantes, 4 for Arsenal, 8 shots off target for Estudiantes to 7 for Arsenal, so Estudiantes have more shots off target than Arsenal as well as more shots on target. They were equal for blocked shots, Estudiantes had 7 corners to Arsenal's 4, Estudiantes had 2 offsides to Arsenal's none because Arsenal weren't attacking seemingly. Uh, Arsenal committed 19 fouls and Estudiantes only committed 13, so very much after Estudiantes and Estudiantes. Um, Estudiantes had four big chances and missed all of them Arsenal had two big chances and scored both of them um, as well as two counter-attacks from which one of them they, they also scored um, in short the reason that I'm mentioning that is not because we can say anything about it because I think all four, all three of us missed it Yes, uh, but because of what we're going to mention in a second which is the league standings because Arsenal shot back up those as a result um, and the other results we haven't talked about San Lorenzo who played after they had the morning kickoff, in fact, didn't they, on Sunday? Um, yes. When Boca, of course, as Andres already mentioned, had dropped points on the Saturday evening, um, and therefore San Lorenzo knew that they could not overtake Boca. I don't think could they? No. Boca no. still top of the league, I believe. Yes. Um, but very much closed that gap, and they did mm-hmm. with a one-nil win over Banfield. Um, and you won't guess who was the scorer for that goal. Just for a change. Yes. Tell us. Go on. Bruno Piton. Indeed. Bruno Piton. Who has... Um, the fullback who leads the Superliga scoring chance. Who, who scored Spanier. one goal in two complete seasons with Union and has now scored... I'm going to bring up... Is four. it four so far yes. this season? Yes. Uh, four in like 
Well, it's seven or eight before, mm. in seven or eight appearances for San and, Lorenzo and, this season. And, and shooting the ball with a quality or a, well, a, 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 an accuracy that is as if he weren't a, a left back. Mm. He looks like more a striker or an offensive midfielder or a Sorin style uh, left back. Yeah, it's it's utterly bizarre. I think he must have got that kit and thought, well, you know, Barcelona players yes. <laughs> have a, they're supposed to be good at finishing and nobody's told him that he hasn't signed for Barcelona, so he just believes he has. Must it's, be that, yes. The power of psychology, as I said earlier with Andrada, is, is <laughs> an amazing thing. Indeed. Um, San Lorenzo also managed to grind that win out with only 10 men for the whole second half because mm. Geronimo Poblete was sent off on the stroke of half-time. Piton had scored like five minutes in mm. um, and then Bamfield... Uh, I have to admit, I only turned on at half time because it was the 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, but Bamfield spent basically the entire game just banging at the door and not being able to break it down after that. Um, so San Lorenzo, as well as being much more entertaining than last season, also clearly have a bit of a spine and a bit of backbone now as well. Um, All I know about that game is from reading some tweets from Mariano, who said they were absolute crap. Yes, yes, which doesn't surprise me because Mariano is a, a very um, pessimistic man when it comes mm-hmm. to San Lorenzo's chances and the other game that is key uh, to the title race was Colón's uh, 1-0 win over Argentinos in the very final game of the weekend on Monday night um, because had Argentinos won that game they would now be top of the league right? uh, they would have oh, leapfrogged Boca I think they'd be a point clear I- I'm going to check that in a second but uh, I- oh hang on I can check it from here because of this uh, oh no no I'm m- misremembering that uh, Tacheres, if Tacheres had, had beaten Independiente, then they would have leapfrogged Bo- uh, Boca, sorry. Um, I knew somebody could have leapfrogged him, and then it wasn't San Lorenzo. Um, Christian Bernardi scoring a few minutes before uh, half time. And really, Colon sort of hanging on, because the truth was, I, I think it was largely that Colon kind of had a bit of a hangover from, <laughs> from Thursday night and then probably from partying the whole weekend, uh, having just qualified for the Sudamericana final, but they managed to hang on for the win anyway. Now the challenge for them is to continue continue playing decently until the, the final, yeah. which is in month one month time, because uh, perhaps the emotions and the uh, touchy moment, which is to arrive to a final, perhaps make make them make them well scramble. But we hope it, it doesn't happen. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that I forgot to mention uh, when we were talking about Colón in the Sudamericana. Um, is that it just kind of adds a little bit as well to Luis Rodriguez's legend because not only did he score the winning goal in the shootout, well, the penalty to set up Burian's winning save in the shootout, um, and not only did he score the penalty um, to take it to that shootout in the first place, but of course he also scored Colón's late winner in the first leg mm-hmm. against Atletico um, against Atletico Mineiro uh, to make it 2-1 in that first leg, which means that this guy who I mentioned this on Twitter after the game ended he, when he was a teenager he could have signed he went with his, his youth team or whatever on a, a tour to play some friendly tournament in Spain or Italy um, Inter Milan wanted to sign him I know they're not called Inter Milan don't write in Internazionale wanted to sign him and his moron of an agent turned down the offer because he was convinced that Real Madrid were going to come in for him the next day, which obviously never happened because you're a 16-year-old Argentine, you know, and, and, and it's like who the cares? year 2000, why would Real Madrid come in for you? Uh, just just take, take the money that's on offer, right? His agent turns him down without even consulting with the family. Rodriguez takes this in his stride, goes back, joins Atletico Tucumán where he plays for, I mean, apart from one season on loan at Newell's, he plays for an uninterrupted, whatever it is, like 15 years, becoming a club legend, 
to such an extent that everybody in Argentina loves him. And when he signs for Colón in January, everybody's like, hang on, what? He can't leave Atletico Tucumán. Yes. He's a national treasure. What's going on? They have to declare him unexportable from the province of yes. Tucumán. Why is this happening? And after, nine, yeah, yeah. and after nine months at Colón, he scores the two most important goals in their history as well. I mean, Maybe. this is a really, really talented... I think that his career, he's, what, eight or nine months younger than I am. Um, so he's, he's getting into the twilight of his career now as a player. And his career is one of the great what-if questions because he genuinely not only was clearly brilliant as a teenager... Um, but he's largely kept it up throughout his career, and even though he's been happy to play at a, a lower level, when you look at him playing now, he, he looks like a player who could be doing a job at a much higher level than he has been playing. It, yes, it's not like it some kids where you hear, oh, this, this guy was better than Messi when he was 12 years old, <laughs> and so, for some reason he never managed to well, play. Okay, he, that's just because people develop differently. Well, at least Luis they, Rodriguez genuinely has been a brilliant player throughout his career. Oh, he's fantastic. Well, Great he could be the Neymar Tucumán. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe Neymar's the Brazilian Luis Rodriguez. I think that would be a fair way of putting it. Anyway, listeners' questions. We're going to zip through these because my bladder is starting to feel rather full. Um, Unfortunately, we've only had a few of them anyway. Uh, We oh god, we've got somebody mentioning us a few days ago about something or other. Hang on, let me. I'm going to have to scroll on a bit further than I thought because someone appears to have gone nuts in our mentions. Good. Oh, I managed to uh, include a whole live tweeting um, of a game uh, at the weekend without um, getting a hand of pot out of it for some reason. Uh, so, that is... That's not a question. That's just somebody hoping that we'll retweet them by tagging us in something. Did you retweet? No, I didn't. Good. I mean, partly because I, I don't have a hand of pod notifications uh, thing in TweetDeck. Anyway, we then, as a result of that, we have a, a whole conversation about something that we don't care about um so the first question that we have is oh god is little bird from four hours ago so yeah none of that stuff was actually relevant to us at all saying how much would you believe that the training reports saying that juan fernando quintero is much faster and more agile now because of the weight that he lost while injured i mean they're hardly going to say he's fatter and slower are they indeed um, I think that given his playing style, I'm not really sure how much of a, a difference it'll make. No, I'm if if he's if he's decided to, to hone himself yes. based on Rivers' slightly quicker paced counter attacking style that they've adopted in his absence, they're brilliant. That can only be good for River, but um, I, I don't think it's going to make an awful lot of difference because the quality was all, is always there anyway. I mean, the thing is, we all know that 85 percent of um, of Juan Quinteros's forces are uh, potency. Uh, lies in his ass that <laughs> wonderful apple shaped ass he's like Achilles basically uh, but the opposite with you know it's Quintero's ass let's say Indeed. and if that has slimmed down I, I fear for his future Ooh, as a professional won't be the same player yeah. we won't be the same player we want to keep that that beautiful peach going Indeed. and I'll stop now what is great is that when he got injured we all said oh what the fuck why, why him and now is of course we miss him, but not uh, uh, in terms of the play or the way River has been playing. But yes, of course it's always a, a big smile for football supporters, hmm. more for River, of course, that he's back. Yeah, as I said, I'm delighted that he's that yes. he's back, just because I, I think it's it's just it, it, River have been supremely effective without him. River have played some very nice football without him. All of it, in my opinion, 
would have been that little bit nicer if he'd been involved. Mm. And, and, and if just during some of those wonderful moves, there could have been just that unexpected pass that only a player like Quintero or in, in you know, days gone by, a player like Riquelme can see. Um, and in fact, that's, it, 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 I think that works as an analogy as well because the question is about him being faster and stronger. You know, Riquelme was a famously glacially paced um, footballer and yet everything was quicker when he had the ball because of the way that he thought and the things that he saw. Um, we have a question from Newell's Old Boys in English who says it's going to be weird seeing Newell's play in pink on Friday night against Banfield. What are your thoughts on our new shirt? Um, I'm going to describe the new shirt. I have retweeted, so if you go to twitter.com slash handapod, you will see a photograph retweeted from Newell's Old Boys uh, in English. Um, it's a two-tone pink effort, and it, it is to promote uh, fight against, is it breast cancer, or is it just cancer in general? I believe it's breast, breast cancer, cancer, yes. Uh, as a big fan of the colour pink, I love it. Yeah, I'm always um, a big fan of pink clothes. Football or otherwise. Yeah, it's nice to go dance, dancing to discotheque. And, well, if it's something to do with uh, uh, collaborating with an illness, well, yeah. it's also great. Indeed. Uh, on which note, Aaron Morphew has, has replied to, to Newell's uh, Old Boys English tweet saying, proper nice that, I wouldn't mind buying it myself. Um, indeed. And Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, says, are Bocca capable of turning the tie around given Re- River's recent away form? I feel like an early goal, uh, an early away goal will give River a ticket to Santiago. Yeah, I mean, an early away goal Indeed. would leave Boca leave, needing four and... Yes, R- River obviously... difficult to come back from. River are the only team left in the semi-finals who can't concede an away goal now. Um, and so yes. in a way, they have nothing to lose in, in, in that respect. And it, it, it makes it... It balances it interestingly. I, I think that what we will see is something similar to what River did... Um, in the second leg of the quarterfinal against Cerro Porteño, which was after they won the first leg at home and then going away, press very high and, and, and go out attacking for the first 15, 20 minutes and see whether you can snatch that away goal. Because if you concede one in the process but then score and score the away goal, it, it sort of doesn't matter all that much because it essentially sets your opponent a near impossible task. I can't. No, it's true. I mean, Boca have got to score twice without conceding to take it to penalties. Mm-hmm. And I can't see Boca scoring twice against River without conceding. It's going to be very tough. Very, very tough. The but we'll see what happens in three weeks, of course. Yeah. It's the problem for Boca is... A lot can happen. It's the, 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 best, the best thing he, they have been doing was to defend. And now they have conceded two. And they have to attack, not defend. They, they, mm. There's something similar to what I said before. That now they will have to change radically the way they, they have been playing. Perhaps similar to the way they ended the match against River in the, second, in the first half. With a lot of strikers, but not very order, not not that uh, order team. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially once Tevez went yes. on, it just seemed to break the team, and there was spaces opened up all over the place, and River really enjoyed running at them. Uh, as Dan says, the second leg's in three weeks, but as I I kind of mentioned earlier, it might be in four, because what th- there has been talk about the the Argentine government have asked Conmebol to put it back a week so that it no, comes after the Conmebol. presidential elections. Conmebol appears just because Macri's scared that if Boca lose before the elections it's going to cost them votes who knows is this Com- true Com- Com- have you're not fucking with me Commonwealth Com- have apparently told them that that's not an option please God. Um, but the Argentine government are petitioning Commonwealth Com- to put that uh, second leg back as in fact they did when it was first announced they said look yeah. can we have the second leg after the elections please this has actually Com- come Com- from the government 
Um, but yeah, apparently this has come. This has happened. This is what I've been reading this afternoon. Oh, God. Various journalists. Help us all. Indeed. Um, on that note, we're going to go away and Stop counting back, like government intervention in football. Should should we call FIFA? Should we tell someone? Well, it's not because I mean the, it kind of is because then then River and Boca would both be kicked out of the Libertadores and they would just have to be awarded to whoever won the all Brazilian tie. Well, 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 based on last night's evidence, I don't think that either he, of the Brazilian sides deserve to get Apparently he insists with with these crazy ideas. Uh, I remember when last time last, last year he said that it would be great it be for, Macri, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, to to have uh, away supporters in both matches. Ah yes, and then in the end we mm. couldn't even have home supporters. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Anyway Uh, When we come back from this piece of theme music, you will hear Mystic Sam's predictions for the weekend to come. Okay, as Dan tries to get over his anger about the news I've just given him, I'm going to try and predict this weekend's fixtures. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I, I forgot uh, to ask for a challenger this week, so I'm predicting these on my own. I also forgot to look up the scores from last weekend. Um, so, sorry, but I'll, I don't know, put it out on Twitter maybe if I remember later. Um, my predictions for this week are Newell's Old... Bo- oh, I haven't given the standings yet. Oh. Let's do the standings before I read out the predictions, shall we? So, very briefly, the standings are Boca Juniors top the league with 18 points, San Lorenzo second with 16, Tacheres just behind them on goal difference in third, Arsenal have 15 points, as do Argentinos Juniors in fourth and fifth respectively, Lanús are in sixth, also with 15 points. River and Newell's separated uh, by goal difference on 14 points each, and then we have Three teams on 13 each. Venice, Independiente and defending champions Racing. In the relegation table, as I scroll across to it, Gimnasia obviously are rock bottom. They are 57 points from 60 games for an average of 0.95 points per game. Central Cordoba have 8 from 8, so that's 1 point per game. Aldo Civi complete the relegation table. Uh, the relegation uh, zone, sorry, with 38 points from 33 games. And then there is a jump. All of these teams have got 60 point, uh, sixty games on the table, of course. Uh, so the jump is 13 points between Gimnasia, who are bottom, and Rosario Central on 70 points in 21st. Patronato have 71, Banfield have 71, Newells have 72, Estudiantes have 74, and I think probably are not really any danger. So that's your relegation battle. And now back to the fixture predictions for this weekend. Newells versus Banfield. I'm going to go for a Newells win in that one. Atletico Tucumán versus Tacheres. I think is a Tacheres win. Those are both on Friday night. On Saturday, uh, Godoy Cruz versus Gimnasia. I'm sticking out my neck here. Mm. I'm going to back Diego Maradona's Gimnasia to get their first ever point. Wonderful. Oh, point, not win. I, I say first ever. Because, of course, it's, you know, I'm talking about since they were re-founded as yes, Diego Maradona's yes. gymnasium. Yes, um, I think they're going to get a draw mm. away to God, of course. Argentinos versus Arsenal. Oof. Those are two of the smaller sides in the top the flight. Arlari. I don't think even their own fans uh, would take any offence at me describing them as such. 
I think that that is one of the more interesting games of the weekend, though, on uh, Saturday lunchtime. I think that Arsenal are going to win it. But honestly, it could go either way. They've both been in really good form. San Lorenzo, I think, will get a home win over Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero. I think that Estudiantes versus Huracán is going to end all square. And on Saturday evening, I think that Racing are going to get a home victory over El Nocibi. Wonderful. On Sunday, the morning kickoff is Belles versus Independiente. Ooh! Great match. That should be good. That might actually be worth getting out of bed at 11 in the morning on a Sunday for. <laughs> I don't say that very often. Um, I'm going to go for a Belles win. And I'm going to predict that Sam doesn't get up in the end of this. Yeah, no, anyway. I'm pro- I almost definitely won't. Um, maybe for the second half. Lanús versus Rosario Central, I think is going to end all square. And then the game after that, you know what that is, don't you guys? Right. We're going to be previewing it on Hand of Pod Extra in a few minutes. Union versus Colón. Mm. The Clásico Santa Fecino. The Clásico which has produced more draws than any other Clásico in all of Argentina wow. in its history. And which I think I'm right in saying both teams have won exactly the same no- amount of matches in as well as of today. Um, I think it's going to finish all square. I may as well just sit on the fence and play it safe. Um, and then on... Oh, all of these games are on Sunday. There are no Monday games this weekend. River versus Patronato. I'm going to stick out my neck. And I'm going to say that River are going to get their first home win of the Superliga season. Mm-hmm. Because let's not forget... They've only won one match at home so far this season in all competitions. Oh, no, hang on. They beat Cerro Porteño as well, didn't they, in the quarterfinal. Uh, so they've won two matches in all competitions at home this season, and those have been the two biggest home matches of the lot. Um, and Defensa y Justicia versus Boca Juniors. I think that Boca are going to take out their anger, um, keep a clean sheet, and get a victory in that final game of the weekend. Games of the weekend, guys, there are a few. Really good yes. ones, as I said. Arsenal, uh, Argentinos versus Arsenal should be good. Yeah. Um, the the Clásico Santa Fecino is a Clásico, even if it is definitely going to finish in a draw because of all of the history of it. Um, others? Belles Independiente? Yeah, it should be good yes. yeah. And the one who is following them uh, also, Lanús, I think. And yes. The Central will, could be a good match. It could be. Yeah, yeah. And San Lorenzo, Central Cordoba as well. I mean, we haven't talked about Central Cordoba um, much so far this season, but they've been, you know, unlucky in a lot of games, which is why they're down in the relegation zone. But but they set out to play nicely. I I still think they're probably going to get beaten quite handily by San Lorenzo, but it it could be decent. We can make them sweat. Indeed. Remember, if you want to watch those games, uh, any or all of them, Live or on demand, because the Superliga uh, can be watched both live and on demand um, if you miss a game. Then you can get over to fntz.co slash hop and use the discount code HOPFZ, or if you're in the United States, HOPFZ, uh, for a seven-day free trial and 20% off your first three months with Fanatis, our lovely, wonderful sponsors. Um, please sign up to them if you do then obviously you're helping out the podcast as well as long as you use those links for now thank you very much indeed for listening and goodbye from Andres thank you goodbye from English Town goodbye and thank you for listening and from me thank you and goodbye <laughs>